This episode of Grumpy Old Geeks is brought to you by our good friends at Hover. Go to hover.com slash GOG to get 10% off your first purchase. Grumpy Old Geeks, a weekly talk show hosted by Brian Schulmeister and Jason DeFilippo discussing the finer points of what went wrong on the internet and who's to blame. Welcome to Grumpy Old Geeks. I'm Jason DeFilippo. And I'm Brian Schulmeister. Six years, Brian. This is the actual six-year anniversary show. Amazing. <laughs> it's pretty amazing. I saw you put that in there, and uh, I had some thoughts about that as I was taking my bike ride this morning, and I'm sure you have some thoughts as well. So no time like the present, since uh, if we're going to reminisce at all, now is the time. Uh, I was thinking <laughs> yeah. six years ago, uh, I was uh, still in my 30s, so not quite the grumpy old geek that I am today. I think I was recently, relatively recently married. Uh, and uh, I was still uh, was doing my company and my company was still pretty successful at that point. Uh, but uh, certainly the writing was on the wall. We could see the music industry getting devalued. We could see web design being devalued. So I kind of knew what was coming. Hence uh, saying, hey, OK, I'll try this podcasting thing with you. Let's see where it takes us. <laughs> Turns out not very far. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, well, so here we are six yeah. years on uh, still doing it. Um, you know, got a kid now. So I'm part time dad, part time podcaster after 20 years i actually dissolved my previous company which uh you know i could be a little bit sad about it but 20 year run is is pretty impressive actually i'm, I'm that's proud fine of, proud of yeah. that so <laughs> you're good you're good man you're good it was a good run so uh but here we are you know doing the podcast thing and uh we're not making a ton of money maybe that'll change now that podcasting is going mainstream oh here's open but uh we certainly have a we have a good size audience and we certainly have a massively engaged audience. Um, so thank you to everyone who's listening. And we literally we get so much feedback now. We would have to do three shows a week just to respond to everybody. So you guys are you guys are awesome. And uh, here's to uh, here's to the six years, Jason. I've, I've continued to enjoy doing this with you. Oh, amazing. Amazing. Yeah, I was 41 when we started the show. I'm about to turn 48 this year. Ugh. God, but yeah. yeah, after turning 40, all the jobs dried up and it's like, <laughs> ah, let's try something new. Let's try something new. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's funny because I was thinking this morning, I'm like, you've done this show from four different locations throughout the entire six years. You had your place in Venice, you yep. got your place in Santa Monica, you got your yep. place in Toronto, and yep. then the one episode that we did from Fireside. Oh, I also did an episode when I was in London. Oh, okay. Okay. So five. <laughs> yeah i've probably done this show in about 40 locations <laughs> because i'm just all over the map and it's very funny i'm just like thinking wow that's just so much time has passed i remember doing it from my literally my mother's basement when i lived in pennsylvania helping her get out of her house right and uh, like her little shack in west virginia my dad's <laughs> basement uh just everywhere mike vinicor's house it's so many places i've done this show from yeah. And I just look back at the six years. It's incredible, especially when we first started and we said 10 episodes out of the gate, <laughs> 10 episodes. If we don't make money in 10 episodes, we're done. Yeah. And yeah, that how'd that work out? <laughs> 330. And uh, we make some cash now. We make we make we, we make <laughs> enough where every four months I can pay my rent. So <laughs> that's literally it. Every fourth month we pull in enough money where I can pay my rent for one month. Right. So we've got a ways to go. There we are. We've got a ways to go. But uh, thank you, everyone who's helping us and uh, spread the word and 
we we want to keep doing this. I, I would like to make this my full-time job. When the kid goes to school full-time, that would be wonderful. So we should be celebrating and in a good mood. And we even took a week off because we were burned out. I would like to report that I've come back uh, refreshed and happy. I, I can't. Uh, <laughs> I think I, I took a page from uh, your playbook, Jason. I should have gone to the doctor over a week ago and just gotten some damn antibiotics. But I decided uh, this too shall pass and I shall tough it out. And I'm feeling better, but uh, still sick. Um, Still not a hundred percent. My hearing is not a hundred percent. So if uh, if I fade off every now and then, it's because <laughs> I feel like I'm underwater all the time. Um, and we, I, you know, I had a, I had a, it was a rough week for me because um, the 18th would have been my dad's birthday. Um, it's mm, also the last sorry. day. A year ago was the last day I actually saw him healthy. Uh, things rapidly went to shit after that. And uh, in addition to that, uh, my uncle is now. My last uh, living uncle is going into hospice, so it's been a uh, it's been a hell of a week, man. Oh, sorry, man. <laughs> but I Very shall sorry. try to stay happy and engaged and celebrate this this milestone for us. So. Okay, okay. You know the title of the show is Grumpy Old Geeks, right? Not Happy yes. Old Geeks. Yes. Okay, so just, I'm on brand. Sure. Okay, yeah. stay on brand. <laughs> my time off was fantastic. I got to work in my studio and paint some things and get things ready because next week I start filming my course. Finally. Awesome. After three years of talking about it, yes. I'm just like, time to fucking get it done. <laughs> so we're going to get it done. And it's it's coming along. I've been posting some pictures on Instagram, and uh, that's going to change soon. The, everything is going to be shifting over to my personal website and away from Twitter and Instagram mm-hmm. very shortly because it's just, I, I can't do it. I just can't do it anymore. <laughs> all, after all the stuff we talk about here and all the news I see about that stuff, I'm just like, no, you know what? Because after all the stuff we talk about, the audience will find me if they want to find me. I'm not an influencer. I'm not out there for, you know, the likes in the crap. The old days, you built an audience because of what you wrote and what you did and what you posted, but you did it on your own site. And I just, I want to go back to that heyday. And we'll come back to this when we get to at the library and talk about digital minimalism and things like that. Yes, but we shall. <laughs> I'm, I'm just I have kind thoughts. Of, oh, yes, I'm sure you do. <laughs> And I'm just at the point now where it's like, I don't want to be on these these platforms just to be on the platforms. I'm like, I would like to take my time and write and post things that I really care about instead of shit in, you know, 280 characters now. Woo. Thanks for the extra 140, you racist assholes. Twitter and I have a love-hate relationship. What are you going to do about it? Yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing your long-form com- uh, conversations on Medium. Medium. I will not be posting on. Well, I might cross-post to Medium. Um, but I, I actually am going to set up, this is one of the things I was going to talk about it later, but I think this ties in right well right now. I'm just going to set up a newsletter. So if you want to follow me, you can just get an email when I post stuff and be done with it. And then you don't have to go back to the old days of RSS, which, you know, was the best. I miss the days when everybody was on RSS because it worked. It really worked because the people back then, I don't know what it was. Maybe everybody was just more tech savvy and cared. Right about their, the people that they followed and, and interacted with. And now you, you have to get hand spoon-fed. The mainstreaming of the internet. Again, you know, it tied hand-in-hand hand with uh, the, the eventual death of, of my previous company is, is once everything became mainstream and had to be spoon-fed and, you know, mobile didn't help either because all of a sudden then, you know, high-end design went out the window and it's just all drastically changed. You know, I still, I still go back to that time when AOL got on the internet. That one day when... <laughs> All those, you know, yokels came knocking at our doors, just like, who let you in? Uh, <laughs> uh, anyway. Well, now we're definitely being grumpy old geeks. Yeah. 
Now, uh, speaking of one, one more thing I want to talk about, because I generally don't do this, but I just love this meme. The Florida man meme <laughs> is going around and it's you, you type into Google Florida man and your birthday and you look at the headline that pops up first and see if it is some something that you might uh, relate to. Maybe I had not uh, heard about this until you sent it to me uh, and had me do it. And the problem is, by the time this meme is now so prevalent that uh, my headline was like on the second page because all the results that came in first were people talking about the meme. So, okay, yeah, yeah, we got to it early. And by the time this comes out, it'll probably be, you know, tired. (laughs) But uh, mine was Florida man arrested for attempted striptease at restaurant. Which, if you know me, probably uh, <laughs> is, is on brand. Yeah, it kind of is. And uh, so's mine, sadly. Uh, exploding e-cigarette kills St. Petersburg, Florida, man. Yeah. I quit the smoking, but I still got the e-cig. <laughs> no, it's very funny. Very funny. So let's move on to some follow-up. All right. Police are investigating the first dockless scooter fatality in San Diego. This guy completely sunny bonoed his way out. Wow. He, was, he, he ran into a tree. Riding his scoot, his scoot scoot without a mm-hmm. helmet. Uh, at least Sonny Bono, I think, had a helmet on when he when he went out. But I could be wrong about that. But he skied into a tree. So we're going to call Christopher Conti. He was 53 years old from Woodstock, Virginia. We're going to call this the worst vacation ever. Or I'm <laughs> sorry, maybe the last vacation ever for Christopher. But, you know, you got to wear those helmets, guys. Yeah. Yes, you do. <sighs> and our second one <laughs> comes from Santa Monica. You're you're part of the world uh literally down the street from my place actually yeah yeah Yeah. this was not a -a rent-a-scooter though this man went out and bought one for himself (laughs) okay which you would think means that he would know how to ride it better but uh unfortunately he was uh he was part of a hit and run so (laughs) he got hit he got hit by a car and then the guy got out looked at him and took off Look, I'm not surprised by that in this area. I mean, just even walking, I've almost been run over a couple of times because people don't pay a damn bit of attention around here. Um, After six r- years, I'm thinking, yeah, we've only heard that about 420 times on this show about you and your yep. your love affair with yep. Priuses. Yep. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, the idea of riding a skate a scooter going anything over like 20 miles an hour in this area is ridiculous. And certainly you need to be wearing a helmet. It's, it's just dangerous here. You need to be wearing full pads and a motorcycle helmet. I mean, because yep. you're basically on a motorcycle just going slow. Yeah. At least with a motorcycle, you've got some weight behind you and you can maneuver. With those scooters, you got these little you're, you're tiny go wheels. Yep. Yeah, you hit, a, you hit an acorn, you're done. So Yep. Yep. So I've got a bit of follow-up on uh, deregulation and uh, my love of regulation. Uh, there's a great article that just came out called uh, When the Rules Disappear. How the American fervor for deregulation contributed to the 737 MAX crashes. So they've kind of the proximate cause of the two airplane crashes uh, have appeared to be a single malfunctioning sensor, an angle of attack vane, whose incorrect data caused an automated flight system called MCAS to engage repeatedly, which confused and disoriented the pilots who couldn't stop these brand new $100 million planes from plunging and killing everybody on board. Uh, According to the article, though, the ultimate cause is a malfunctioning culture that allowed the plane to go into service with such a glaring safety vulnerability in the first place. This culture did not develop overnight. It has been growing for decades in plain sight and fixing it will take a great deal more effort and resolve than replacing a faulty angle of attack vein. For four decades, American politics and industry have been increasingly captivated by the idea that government regulation of business is generally a bad thing and that the people best situated to set and enforce the rules are the people to whom they are applied. No, 
No, they are not. No, they're not. That's no. These few hundred yeah. deaths are a reminder of why the public is ill-served by calls to cut oversight of potentially dangerous businesses. <sighs> no, we need regulation. This is, again, why we need regulation. Yeah, and I mean, the FAA is usually pretty on top of their game because yep. it's such a life and death matter. Well, and- I, I also read another article, which I didn't put in here, but it said something along the line lines of uh, there were safety precautions that were available that would have mitigated this but uh, they were extras that you had to pay for yep they were add-on extras so (laughs) your plane as a subscription is what Mm -hmm. it is hundred million dollars just ain't enough you need to like get that 50 bucks a month gotta have that (laughs) subscription going (sighs) yeah but boeing is apparently going to be starting to roll out some of those safety features and not charging for them but they're in a pickle right now yeah, well, it'd be planes. nice. Be nice if we didn't have to have hundreds of deaths before we take care of these problems. Yeah, yeah. If only there was this thing called regulation. <laughs> only, only if. if only. And another little bit of follow up because I have been pondering and questioning this since day one of this podcast. Money losing companies that went public in 2018 did better than profitable ones. This Explain this to me, please. The math on this, <laughs> but this says more about the market than the companies and means that investors are prizing future growth over present profitability. They believe in the business model and are disregarding the current state of profitability at the IPO. So this is happening with private investors, venture capitalists who are taking these companies public in the first place. Um, and, uh, you know, unprofitable companies are going public at a record rate not seen since the dot-com bubble, as we covered. And of course, the dot-com bubble burst. So it's difficult not to see this as grim tidings. Now, there's, there are stark differences, accordingly. Um, you know, most uh, most of these unprofitable companies could be profitable if they switch their focus from growth to profit. But as we've talked about, it's a winner-take-all environment. And uh, the more money you spend, the, that's how you win. But you're not making any money yet. And uh, these companies are all basically tech or biotech companies. Some are older and have more established revenue streams and business models than their dot-com counterparts ever did. Still... If and when a recession hits, which everybody's saying oh, is it's when to be, it's coming within yeah. the next two years, the crowd will certainly be thinned and a lot of people are going to lose a lot of money. Yeah, I've been really thinking about pulling out of all the markets and just I'm not that crazy, but I am going to pull out of a lot of the tech stuff that I have. Yeah, I'm thinking about pulling everything out. I don't have that much in there. I mean, I've got like maybe like four thousand dollars in the market. That's all I've got, you know, so mm-hmm. pull that out. Put it in a savings account, and when the recession hits, reinvest. Buy. Yes, that's, buy that's a like very, a fiend. Very good idea, because you know the re- reality is the recession will hit, um, but it'll be over before we need to get to our retirements. The the timing is always everything on these things. You do not want a recession to hit when you're about to retire. Well, the thing is, I've given up on thinking about retiring. I'm basically going to work till I'm dead. <laughs> I have no retirement fund. I mean, literally, I have four thousand dollars in the market, so. If I need to pull it out and have a couple months rent while I figure out how to live on ramen again, then I can do it. But yeah, there's just there's no real safety net there for me. So I've just (laughs) I've come to grips with the fact that I will work until I'm dead. Well, hopefully we can turn that around a little bit. Patreon.com slash GOG. Yes, Patreon.com slash GOG. (laughs) But I'm actually kind of okay with it because I'm one of those guys that would probably, you know, like when they retire, they just get so bored and just fall over dead. I like I like the things that I do. I like my work. I've always thought that way as well. Yeah, I would just like a day off every now and again. <laughs> that would be nice. Yeah, the day the day off that I took was like my first real day off in three years. So right, it was nice though. And then what did I do? I worked on my studio so I can work more. Yes, that's how it goes. And just fucking because I had to put this in here, I was watching the news, and of course there's a new study out 
that says three or more eggs a week will increase your risk of heart disease and early death. Now, we've made fun of this for the past eggs year. Eggs are good. Eggs are bad. Eggs yeah. are good. Eggs are bad. And the fact that they... Oh God, I just, I, I'm, I'm tired of it. I'm just going to eat whatever I goddamn well please. You know? Yeah. It's like, yeah. that's it. Look, the, the thing that drives me crazy about this, and I see you also have basically a, another story that ties in that daily low-dose aspirin is no longer recommended. Yep. Which it was, and then it wasn't, and then it was, yep. and then it wasn't. It isn't just the last year. This has been going on since I was born. Yeah, exactly. This has been, since the eggs, I have heard the difference between eggs and aspirin going back and forth since I was born. It is 2019. We've put yeah. people, we, we put a car out into space playing David <laughs> Bowie. Uh, how is this still i'm gonna be on my deathbed much much later than now you know years down the road i'm gonna be on my deathbed uh the myspace guys will have uploaded my brain into their computer then promptly deleted it <laughs> deleted so i'll it. be dead dead <laughs> but i will be on my deathbed going but what about the eggs and the aspirin i need to know <laughs> oh but i won't no you know i one of the deathbed confessions that i don't want to have is man i really wish i'd have had more omelets because guess what? I'm just going to eat as many omelets as I goddamn well please. You do that. Oh, as I'm working, I'll be podcasting from my deathbed going, somebody get me a French omelet. <laughs> Go from there. Oh, this is this next one is I, I love this next one for two reasons. Mm -hmm. Kickstarter employees plan to unionize. Mm -hmm. This comes from Gizmodo. Mm -hmm. The fucking headline has a typo in it. Yet they fixed it on their their URL or their uh, SEO friendly URL. <laughs> yes, I know. <laughs> That's what's driving me crazy about this. Now, this could be a cultural thing because this comes from Gizmodo Australia. Ah. Now, unionize might have an S in Australia, but then why does the URL have a Z in it? <laughs> I can't quite figure this out but anyway yes uh kickstarter employees are planning to unionize good luck whatever i don't care you're gonna get smacked down by the company much like the word on the street is gimlet media who we covered last week their employees mm -hmm. were going to unionize apparently gimlet is saying fuck you <laughs> we're not gonna allow that right. so we're gonna see how that plays out but yeah because uh that's the way things go you want to unionize and have power at the table well, be prepared to fight for it because that's the yep. only way you're going to get it. So yep. we're going to see if these kids can fight. I have a feeling they can't. I've seen them. They don't look like fighters to me. <laughs> and I've heard their podcasts and they don't sound like fighters to me. We'll <laughs> see. Anyway, I do have a 500 uh, PX follow up because I mentioned mm -hmm. 500 PX and you pick in the past and yes. how I'm trying to get rid of my accounts there and uh, how 500 PX I sent in my delete request and it, I finally got a note back saying that they've deleted my stuff. It took them a month and a half to do that. Yes. But it turns out the one that I really wanted deleted was UPIC. <laughs> <laughs> so I went to UPIC site and, of course, for them, there's a delete button. So my apologies for bagging on UPIC and thinking they were 500px and all of that. 500px still sucks. Uh, the fact that they can't delete an account is ridiculous because they have... Too many requests coming in to delete their accounts that they can't delete an account. That tells you something <laughs> about the service right there. Yes, yes, it does. And you pick I deleted because they after years of asking them for an export and also not showing a pop up over my photos. When people come to view my photos, asking people to join, even as a premium subscriber who paid them over one hundred dollars a year 
to have like, you know, my custom galleries and things like that. They still wanted to try and monetize my visitors, my visitors to my actual site. But since my site was on their platform, yep, I'm shit out of luck. So that's right. Uh, I have just decided to pull the plug on that. So jpd.photos just goes to my other website right now, jpd.me. And at some point, I am going to hopefully move everything to the new Flickr. Once. Okay. This is this is the the caveat here. Apparently, SmugMug is having a really hard time since they bought Flickr from Yahoo. Changing the login system. So if you go to Flickr right now and you want to sign up, you still have to sign up with a Yahoo ID. They say they're working on it. They are months late for this transition over to their own sign-in platform. Because I was just going to use SmugMug and say, screw it, because their templates have gotten better. They look better. But I'd like to use Flickr for some reason. I don't know. It's just nostalgia, I guess. Right. Because the tools on Flickr are much better than on SmugMug. And so hopefully at some point they're going to fix that. And if anybody sees that happen, uh, feel free to throw me a note on uh, the, the emails, j at jpd.me. Would appreciate that. I'm going to keep an eye on it as best I can because I do want to get this stuff out into the cloud because the nice thing with Flickr is their Creative Commons search that we talked about last week that Intel was using for their facial ID stuff. Um, I plan on putting up all of my photography from the day that I started as a Creative Commons attribution license. That's it. Everybody can have it. Everybody can use it. You just got to give me credit for it. That's it. Right. Because I'd rather the stuff be out in the world be, instead of sitting on my hard drive, not doing anything. I'm never going to make a dime off of it. But I spent, you know, I've been a photographer for over 30 years and I've got a nice archive of stuff. And if somebody can use it, go with God. Make your Instagram photos with your stupid sayings over top of it. As long as there's a little little, little credit for me down at the bottom, I'm in. Right. So that's a follow up on that. And I, I, I do feel like an idiot for mixing up 500px <laughs> and you pick uh, several times. Oops. In the news. The FCC has come out and finally admitted that its comment system sucks. (laughs) I think we can just say comment systems in general suck, but uh, the FCC's is fantastically bad. Yes, their electronic (laughs) comment filing system was never designed to keep track of where comments originate. Interesting. Okay. Simple tag. Pretty simple. We have reverse <laughs> GOIPs and things like that. And oh, there's all sorts of stuff. But mm-hmm. basically, they've just thrown up their hands saying, yeah, it sucks, which we knew, which we knew yes. because of all the dead people that were sending in comments the last time they asked for comments. So yes, we'll see if they ever get around to fixing that. I bet not. I'm guessing, though. No. Yes. Although it is ironic that it's the FCC. They can't figure it out. I know. That's why I put it in. (laughs) Isn't it ironic? (laughs) Speaking of, uh, sort of, I suppose, uh, everybody's had a good chuckle at this one. MySpace loses all content uploaded before 2016. Oh, my God. The conspiracy theories are going crazy. Where where was all this content anyways? Because I remember looking at the site after they did one of their revamps and all my stuff was gone. So I don't know where any of it went. But uh, now I don't have to worry about it. There's one thing I don't have to digitally declutter, Jason. They <laughs> did it go. for me. They did it for you. <laughs> yes. So they lost every single piece of content uploaded to its site before 2016, including millions of songs, photos, and videos with no other home on the internet. Um, the company is blaming a faulty server migration for the mass deletion, <laughs> which appears to have happened more than a year ago. 
when the first reports appeared of users unable to access older content, begging the question, who are these users? I don't know. <laughs> um, apparently, some people still use it and bands still use it and whatever. But uh, well, 50, yeah, I think 50 million tracks from 14 million artists. So that's yeah. a lot of people. But but no, I mean, all of this stuff, how much of this stuff was was, you know, done 10 years ago when MySpace was still a thing. Exactly. You know, exactly. you know what? So anyways, it's it's dead and gone. And this is probably the final uh, nail in the coffin, one would hope. And again, like I said, it's one less thing for us all to have to worry about cleaning out. Well, I mean, most of us have, have not worried about MySpace for a very, 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 very long time. No, but, at least like it's been 10 years at least oh my God, like, yeah. since I even thought about it. So uh, it's just so funny. It's like, yeah, server migration did this. I'm like. Uh, you know that we all know that you're full of shit <laughs> because, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, one server migration. What about backups? Um, <laughs> you had none, none at all. None, uh, none. Yes, yeah, none backups. That's it. MySpace. <laughs> welcome to the land of none backups. And they're saying that <laughs> well, the users should have backups of all their data. It's like, uh, well, if they're posting to your site, they're maybe thinking that you're the backup. But as we yeah, know, that's... that doesn't really count. But it's funny. I mean, I'm just, I love this so much. It's like, yeah, everything you put on the internet lasts forever. Yeah, sure. Sure. <laughs> Good luck. God, it'd be nice if Facebook had this problem. I know. Seriously. God, we'll talk I'd about. Be so thrilled. Oh, we'll talk about them in a little bit. That's fun. Mm -hmm. uh, Movie Pass is back with an, uh, new, okay. <laughs> a new unlimited plan. I love this. This is the title. Movie Pass brings back unlimited plan with heavy caveats. Now. Mm -hmm. I would like someone at at Movie Pass to go look up the word unlimited. <laughs> I, I I almost fell on the floor when I read this. <laughs> I know. Like, we've we've I mean, we've talked a lot on this show the past couple of years about how we've moved to being post fact, but this is just they're just they're just sticking their schlong in your face with it at this point. <laughs> like they're tell they're they've named something something that it isn't. It is not uncapped. It is not unlimited. You can't you yeah. can't just call it that when it's not that. <laughs> but come on, man. They're taking a book out of every cell company in the planet and every cable yep. company in the planet. Unlimited up to one terabyte. Then you may be throttled. But I'm like, oh, well, if I do the math on that, oh, then well, it's not that, fucking yeah, unlimited. Yes, that's that, right. That's the very definition of limit. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> limited. Oh, my God. So... <laughs> When you want to see a movie using the, and I love they put it this, in quotes, unlimited service, you'll have to reserve a seat over three hours before the film is due to start, and you'll then have to check in between 10 and 30 minutes beforehand. If, over the course of a month, you fail to check in for more than one movie after having booked it, then MoviePass says it may suspend your account. Even more strangely, MoviePass reserves the right to cancel your subscription if you repeatedly don't watch a film in its entirety after having used the service to buy a ticket. So they're tracking you to see if you leave the movie. Wow. Well, they were honest about that a long time ago, remember? That's the CEO right. said, we know where you go to dinner. Oops, I wasn't supposed to say that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> At least they're, they're sticking to their guns on that one, yes. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Patreon is back with new pricing tiers. Yay. Yay. Luckily, it doesn't seem to apply to us. That's right, because we are being yes. grandfathered in because we are old <laughs> and have been there for a while. Yes, they're coming up with new new plans because apparently they're not making enough money. 
Uh, yes. Because they make 5% off of everything that you guys send us. Plus, we have to pay for the processing fees, which I've noticed recently come from England. Have you seen that? Yeah. I did. I didn't quite understand why or how that switched. Yeah, so. yeah, that was a weird switch. So all of our payments come from England. Jelly old. And so now they have uh, Patreon Lite, Patreon Pro, and Patreon Premium in case you need more features. Here's what I here's the feature I want. Give me all my money. <laughs> so that's the only feature <laughs> I want. Yes, that would be nice. Now the EU, speaking of all the monies, has gone after Google again with a third billion dollar plus fine. Wow, that's that's we're starting to talk serious money now. Oh, well, maybe. Yeah, this latest one is $1.7 billion, and it's the third fine in a row. And uh, I love the, the end of this uh, Wired article's title. It says, so what? <laughs> you know, <laughs> Google just basically probably puts that into the budget now because yeah. it hasn't stopped them from doing most of the crap that they do. Coffee, fines, there you go. Yeah, ketchup, <laughs> mustard, EU. That's about it. And uh, yeah, this latest one is about uh, AdSense practices where they would basically say, if you run AdSense on your page, you're not allowed to run any other ads. And they called it, you know, anti-competitive, which it right. technically is. But you don't have to use Google AdSense. No, you do not. That's the I mean, that's that's where I'm actually on the side of Google with this one. I'm like, here's the rules. We're going to let you run our ads on your website. If you want to, you just can't use anybody else's ads. Uh, that's the rule. It's our, it's our service. It's our rule, but <laughs> people got up in arms in the EU. I honestly think that that's a, that's fine. I I did it for years. I made a ton of money off of Google AdSense. And the, the, the really ironic thing is all the other ad networks, even if you did use those aren't going to give you anywhere near the money that Google AdSense is going to give you. <laughs> so <laughs> it might be anti-competitive, for the other ad companies, but for the people who run the websites that run AdSense, it's actually a good business decision not to run their ads because Google gives you more money. Eh, therein lies the rub. Yep. This episode of Grumpy Old Geeks is brought to you by Hover. You need your own domain name. If not for your business, then for your family. You're just way cooler if you can drop an email address with a custom domain name. Trust me on this one. Hover is the single best place to buy your domain name. If you've ever had to buy a domain from any of the other registrars, you know how difficult it can be. Terrible interfaces and constant barrage of just upsells make it almost impossible to even find the domain when you go to the websites. Hover has an incredibly clean and intuitive user interface without all those stupid and insane upsells. And you know me, if you've listened to this show for a while, I think life is too short to use ugly software and Hover delivers on beautiful design. They have free who is privacy on supported domains which you usually have to pay for to keep yourself private, not with Hover, free, built in. And the more domains you own, the less you actually pay for renewals. The savings start at just 10 domains and they go up from there. I've got 75 domains with Hover, so I get a nice juicy discount every time one comes up for renewal. And every month, they have great sales on awesome top-level domains. This month, you can get .design for $4.99, down from $40, .me from $9.99, dot online dot site dot space dot store dot tech and dot website all at great discounts these prices do change often so make sure you check their on sale page when shopping for your domain because i don't know when you're listening to this but every month they have awesome sales definitely check that out and hover has over 400 domain name extensions to choose from including all the classics and all these new fun niche extensions the days of having to spend a fortune on dot com domains is totally over and i love it 
My main domains are all new extensions because it's just the new normal. It also lets you get something more aligned with who you are as a company, individual, or family. Hover's just a breath of fresh air in a market that's traditionally been one of the worst to use on the internet. So get started today. Go to hover.com slash GOG and get 10% off your first order. That's hover.com slash GOG to get your awesome domain name today and get 10% off your first purchase. Hover, we love these guys. Go check them out. Security? Ha! We're back this week with Dave Bittner from the CyberWire podcast. The CyberWire is a free community-driven cybersecurity news service based in Little America. Dave is also co-host of the Hacking Humans podcast, along with Joe Kerrigan, where they take on social engineering. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and all the ships at sea coming to you live from Little America. I don't yeah. know. Oh, I did long. my research. That's know. that's one of the nicknames for, yeah. for your, your little state. That's little America. I remember when I was a kid, they had uh, they called it America in miniature. Oh. That's one of the things they used because we have a little bit of everything. We have a, we have the ocean. We have a bay. We have mountains. They're little mountains, but we have mountains. We don't have any desert. Of course, they're little mountains. <laughs> well, it's a little state. One of those original little tiny states. Yeah, yeah. I like those big so, western states. So we. <laughs> it's so we. And your state bird is the Oriole. Yes, it is. Hence the Baltimore team. Orioles. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. I always like their uniforms. Not so much the team, but the uniforms. Yeah, they do have handsome uniforms. And mm-hmm. we had Cal Ripken, so there's that. There's that. <laughs> Jason's like, <laughs> what? <laughs> I had Cal Ripken's baseball card, so bite me. There you go. Okay, okay. There you go. And I do like the Orioles color scheme. It's uh, black, white, and orange, mm-hmm. if I do, if memory serves. Mm-hmm. So, so there, suck it, Brian. <laughs> All right. So you, you had a sports ball reference from, you know, possibly the most famous player ever. I you will say uh, one of the, one of the this, uh, side effects of the Orioles being absolutely terrible is that uh, I've been able to say honestly that more people listen to my podcast than go to Orioles games. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hope the Dodgers so, never get that bad. Right. <laughs> Or we just get that popular. I hope we get that good. Yeah. Personally. It's, it's a little of both. I'll take it yeah. in both directions. Okay. But yeah. <laughs> okay. Tech. First up, I've got a book review that I want to talk about. And this book review just kind of, it's one of these things that I see all the time when talking about security and all of the, the stuff that we talk about. Okay. And it drives me crazy. Acronyms. Yeah. Let's talk about let's talk about SIGINT. Let's talk about HUMINT. Let's oh. talk about all these other things. And as soon as somebody says SIGINT, they follow it up with signals intelligence. Now, wouldn't it just be faster to say signals intelligence or human intelligence instead of saying the goddamn acronym and then explaining it right after? You don't sound sound like you know what you're talking about if you don't throw in the clever acronyms. Mm. Oh, God. Everywhere. Every book I read on this topic does the same thing. They do it on the news. They do it in the books. They do it in the magazines. Get rid of the acronyms. Acronyms (laughs) should only be available for professionals who already know what they mean. Having said that, go to (laughs) GOG.show. I I understand where you're coming from. And uh, I'm certainly guilty of this. And we do this all the time over on the CyberWire. I think some acronyms... You mean CW? No, no. I mean, when, TCW? I'm, when I'm talking about certain three-letter organizations, uh, um, and I think there are some that require no explanation. If I say FBI or CIA or NSA, nobody needs those spelled out. Well, I guess they are spelled out, but no one yeah. needs those described uh, as to what they are. Like Things like HUMINT and SIGINT, 
what I think is going on there is that you say human and then you say what it is, human intelligence. And then from that point on, you can go back to just calling it human because for the folks who don't understand it, you've, you've established you've, it. Right. Yeah. Right. Except nobody does. What do you mean? <laughs> nobody does. They will say human intelligence for the rest of the book. Oh, they really? will use human and or oh, sigint oh, and then they say signals intelligence for the rest of the book. It's huh. just. It's it makes no sense. Well, in it that case, no I, I think I'm on Brian's side here, where it sounds uh, they're probably signaling that they're part of the cool cool kids club, right? Yeah, <laughs> interesting. Drives me crazy. But the new book of the week is called "Messing with the Enemy: Surviving in a Social Media World of Hackers, Terrorists, Russians, and Fake News" by Clint Watts. Mm-hmm. Now, I put this here in the security segment oh. because oh. Hi, Bam Bam. <laughs> Bam Bam's a fan. She is a fan. She listened to the book with me as well because it was an audio book and I played it while we were sitting there. Quiet! <laughs> this, is how, this is how we roll on these days. Uh, man, but what a great book. Clint is a very fascinating guy. I found out about him because he came on the Jordan Harbinger show. Ah. And this guy tracks terrorists on social media in his spare time. Not his, it wasn't his day job. This guy, I mean, he's a two-time FBI agent. He was in the, in the 101st Airborne Division, which anybody who's seen Band of Brothers knows that that's no joke. And this guy just, he's got a day job. Mm. And in his spare time, he's tracking terrorists and Russians and all this collusion. It's, it's a fascinating read. Hmm. And this is a guy that I would just love to sit down, have a beer with for like 10 hours and just get all of the dirt Mm. because it's (laughs) so cool. You guys both will love this book. Hands down. And and a lot of people, if you like the security segment, go get messing with the enemy because it is just too much fun. Yeah, All I'll right. check it out. Maybe I can uh, get him to come on one of our shows. Yeah, I, I was actually uh, I got the the green light to ask Clint if he uh, wants to come on GOG to talk about the book for a bit, too. So cool. hopefully we'll have him on for a, a quick conversation because, man, I'm seriously out, out of all the crap that I read for this show. This is the one that got me so jazzed in the past like year. It's like, wow, I love this. I mean, he's right up my alley. He's just like, let's figure out who these guys are and let's fuck with them. Right. That's really, really? it. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. It is so cool. Is it is a bunch of stories of, of this is what we did to these folks, that sort of thing? Yep. Yep. Okay. There is. Neat. Yeah, it's, it's really neat. <laughs> That's my line. I usually say neat. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. Uh, but something else that's kind of neat is this NVIDIA AI algorithm that turns doodles into photorealistic landscapes. I put this in security for one specific reason, because we keep talking about deep fakes yeah. mm-hmm. and how things are getting to the point where we're never going to know what's real. Mm-hmm. And this new software called Gauguin <laughs> basically draw like a five-year-old at MS Paint and it comes back with a photorealistic vision of what you just painted based on what you select from your palette. Mm-hmm. Did you guys look at the video on this? It's yeah. pretty intense. Yeah. It's amazing. It's amazing. I, I mean, I, I, my jaw was on the floor when I saw this and it's like, what, when do we get to the point where we can figure out what's real? Because things are going to be changing so much. I mean, we really are. We're, we're turning our world on the internet now with all this fake crap into Elon's vision of us all living in, you know, <laughs> like we're in a simulation, right? We're not going to be able to tell. Yeah. Well, and there are companies who are co- going after that problem of of how do you verify things of having, dare I say, some sort of uh, blockchain sort of type of thing, <laughs> where uh, you can track an image from beginning to end and and yeah. track the authenticity of it. So that's a thing now. Yeah, it kind of needs to be. When you buy your new Nikon or point and shoot or your Sony Alpha or whatever. 
you're going to have to sign up for a digital certificate for your phone that gets registered with the provider, like the maker of the camera. Right. And that when you and, and every photo you take is digitally signed. And then all of the image manipulation programs like Photoshop are going to have to have blockchain built into them. Yep. So you can see what the steps were that they, oh, oh, he increased the contrast. He cropped at this. He rotated at this. And then just say, this is, it's, it's kind of like an evidence trail almost, yeah, right. yeah. Yeah. you know, like chain of custody yep, exactly. for yep. a digital image. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That's the only way we're going to be able to trust anything going forward. It's, it's <laughs> like we're, we're engineering ourselves into <laughs> more problems than we had when we started. Right. I, and I, I, what I think about is, is like, uh, you know, on something, whatever the equivalent of the evening news is in the future, will there be some sort of little kind of like when you do a, um, you know, some of the uh, antivirus software will give you a, a little green check mark or a green circle when you do a Google search. That yeah. is, check these links to make sure that they're clean. We, we get something like that when a piece of video is shown. It gets somehow the chain of custody verification gets triggered on your set that says this is a legit piece of footage <laughs> from start to finish. Yeah, that's that's the only way that this stuff's going to actually be able to be working in the future yeah. because deep fakes is getting to the point where it's like it's scary good it really is and i put a note in here this reminded me of uh do any of you guys remember way back in the day there was a program called bryce i yes, have a story about bryce. do you <laughs> i think we I all do. do yes okay <laughs> okay i will drop mine right now uh i've been friends with carl wallinger who is the main person behind the band World Party for many, many years. Uh, one of the reasons there was no World Party album for almost six years is he got so into Bryce, all he did was make landscapes and send them to us. <laughs> That's it. I got mountains from Carl Wallinger for four years when he could have been writing an album and should have been. <laughs> What's wow. funny is if he was going on tour, his tour flyers would have had the chrome balls over the lake that were <laughs> rendered in kpt bryce <laughs> yeah so for folks who and aren't familiar with it kpt bryce kpt is kai's power tools this was a tool from the mid 90s that yep. was really kind of a breakthrough in both user interface and also the ability to render realistic landscapes and it it its claim to fame was sort of desert canyons i guess is what it was yes. really good at mm -hmm. um, my story is i i was uh in the mid nineties, I was flying out from beautiful Maryland to Las Vegas um, <laughs> for the NAB show, which is the big broadcaster show every year. And um, one of my employees was sitting, had the window seat next to me. Um, he was an animator and he had never been out West before. And he's looking out the window as we're flying over the desert. And he looks back at me and he goes, man, it looks just like Bryce out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. The funny thing about it is Bryce is named after Bryce Canyon. So that's what the whole thing comes from. Yeah. KPT stands for Kai's Power Tools. Yes. Uh, version one was on floppy disks. I bought it mm -hmm. at a Compu. What was it? Compu not CompuServe. Uh, CompuServe was a thing. Uh, one of the old computer stores way back in the day. Yeah. And I was running Kai's Power Tools. And when I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life, I actually reached out to Kai Krauss, mm -hmm. the inventor of Kai's Power Tools on AOL and got a response from him. Oh, nice. <laughs> and he's like, don't go to college. Everything they're going to teach you in college is outdated because they're so far behind. Get out into the working world, get a job, and just do your thing. And that's exactly what I did. My, my entire career was based on advice from Kai Krauss. Wow. 
How's that working out Which for is- you? <laughs> I want to go find this guy in his castle and kick Beat his ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Kai, I mean, there's no doubt about it. it. Certainly, for those of us who were back in digital visual imaging back in the 90s, Kai was a somebody to look up to. He he certainly did change things and made tools in ways that we'd never seen them before. I, we, I'm sure we, we all wasted a whole lot of time in Kai's power tools. Well, like I said, if you just go look up the World Party discography, you will see a big gaping hole right when it came out. <laughs> <laughs> That's, That's too funny. Story. I'm, <laughs> I'm actually sending you guys a piece of art that I made in, in Bryce. Oh, wait, I have to, I have to send, made a subject. Bryce. Okay. <laughs> Uh, so you guys can see, I did this piece of art in Bryce on a Mac 2CI when I was working at Kinko's overnight. This took seven, over 70 hours to render, which nowadays would take about 17 seconds. Wow. Yes. Yeah. It would be, I mean, it would, it would render in real time. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. It, it probably would render in real time because I made these giant like, uh, you'll see what I'm see. You'll see what's coming because it's All very right. Bryce. It's very Brycean. Yeah. But uh, I mean hours and hours just waiting and hoping that no resumes came in so i would have, <laughs> so i'd let it render and oh, yeah. i swear that I, it killed that little 2ci oh look but, at that uh, wow it's, uh, it's bryce like a, was fun man this looks like the this looks like the set to uh david bowie's glass spider tour <laughs> i think i was going for more of a war of the worlds type okay of thing, yeah i could see the, that yeah yeah no that's yeah. cool yeah, we'll put that in the show notes so you can see what I did it, in the in in '93 see, when I had yeah, nothing else to do. I was going to say it's very much of its time. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it right? is. Yeah. Yes, it is. Yeah. <clears throat> oh man, that was oh, that was a fun walk down memory lane. <laughs> well, I'm glad this I, price. I'm glad I brought it up. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, this next one is interesting just because that there seems to be some kind of I don't know I don't know if it's a breach which which is what they're saying, but um, there is some hole in Apple's DRM with iTunes right now that is letting people buy movies on iTunes and rip them out to torrentable files. Mm-hmm. Okay. And this really came out because the entire James Bond collection has leaked on BitTorrent in 4K. <laughs> the only place you can buy 4K James Bond movies is on iTunes. Mm-hmm. And these are pixel perfect replications of the movies that you can buy on iTunes. So it's a very interesting hack that is going around right now that not everybody is in on. It's just like a small subset of people who are big torrenters who have figured out how to do this. Have you guys heard it much about this? No, this is the first I've I've heard of it. I have to admit that uh, I have fallen out of this particular market, which I will admit that I used to keep an eye on back in my younger, poorer days. <laughs> um, but, uh, I, I, yeah, so I, I haven't really been keeping up on what the state of the art is and, or capabilities when it comes to being able to decrypt these sorts of things. I, I, I suppose it's not surprising. I mean, has there any, ever been anything applied to anything like this that hasn't eventually someone's figured out how to crack it? Yep. That's the problem. There's always a way to crack something. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the old days I was thinking like, okay, I can just play it on my screen and then, you know, get a screen cap program right, and then yep. just do it. Yeah. Uh, but, but Apple is really, really clever with, with that kind of thing. So if like I'm using something like, you know, uh, screen flow to capture things, there's a big black box 
yeah. where the video should be. I mean, they are really good at that stuff. Well, yeah, so but there's, all, there's always a tool. There's always a tool. I mean, I remember I've been having that argument uh, 20 years with record labels. I used, When digital music first started coming up, you know, I would go in and sit in these meetings and they talk about, well, we need a way to make this secure. And I said, there is no way. Anything that you can play on a computer can be recorded. Right. Yeah, because you it, it comes out the speaker and you can yep. record it. When yes. it comes to video, it's a little more difficult. It's though. more difficult, but uh, still, I, there's always going to be a way. I remember yeah. a, a couple. Oh gosh, a couple years ago, I was at a summer barbecue, and they were planning to show a Pixar movie to all the kids who were there. You know, hang a bed sheet from the side of the the deck, and you know, take a data projector and just you know yeah. project the movie up, and all the kids will sit there on their blankets and watch the movie. And um, it got thwarted because the um, projector and the computer couldn't agree on the level of encryption. And so the projector, (laughs) yeah, you know, you could play it on the screen of the computer, no problem. You know, it's a movie that somebody bought and owned, but the projector, I guess, didn't have the right version of HDMI or something like that and just wouldn't let it happen. But that seems to always be the case with these sorts of technologies when people unroll them, that they end up causing more problems for pe- people who actually have gone and done the right thing right. than actually stopping people who are trying to be mischievous. Right, right. Yeah. And that's where you end up with people having the attitude of, of being like, okay, fine, fine. I'll just steal it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> fine. If this is yep. how you're going to treat me, <laughs> then fine. I see, I see how, how important I am to you, so fine. Here we go. Mm-hmm. I see your DRM and I raise you one FU. <laughs> right. That's exactly that's exactly what happens, yes. you know? Right. I tried to do the right thing. You ruined my barbecue. <laughs> yes. I remember at one point after a particularly nasty iTunes crash where I like lost almost my entire library, I just threw my hands up in the air and said, "Fuck it. I'm going to go get copies of everything off of LimeWire or whatever because mm-hmm. I already paid for these things. I'm not right. going to do it again because your software sucks." Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Hypothetically, I didn't actually really do that. <laughs> I, I, Brian, I'm pretty sure the statute of limitations has run out at this point. Yeah. Oh, man. But uh, yeah, this whole James Bond thing, I'm, I'm tempted to go grab him because why the hell not? But yeah, I don't know. I mean, do we really need to watch any more James Bond movies? I, I, they're kind of evergreen, I guess. I don't know. Go back and watch. They haven't aged well, particularly in this hashtag Me Too era. Oh, well, yeah. yeah. Go back and watch Thunderball. Any Sean Connery James Bond movie would not be making today. Because I I actually did that a while ago. I I went back and I was going to watch them all in order. And I I got through the first three and I was like, I've got to skip ahead to the 90s. Uh, This is is painful. (laughs) They're racist. They're sexist. They're misogynistic. It's insane. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, Simpler times. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But speaking of shaken, not stirred, let's talk about shaken stir. Mm. Uh, The new protocol from uh, the telecoms that is trying to verify whether a caller ID that shows up on your phone is authenticated or not. Now, AT&T and Comcast have claimed that they have been able to go across networks now and actually use this in the wild. And what do you guys think? Do you think this is going to be a thing? Because they're still saying that calls will still come through if they're not verified. But if they are verified, they'll get the little blue check mark. They get the little blue check mark. Yeah, Yeah, everybody gets a little blue check mark. Uh, Like we were just saying about if this is how you're going to treat us, throwing your hands up in the air and stopping. I've just stopped answering the phone. Like if you want to 
call me. You better be in my contacts list or you better text or you better do something else because every single phone call I get is bullshit. Right. Did you yeah. see my Instagram post the other day? Mm-mm. Yes. <laughs> Which one? Like in the middle of the night, I am getting calls from, let me pull it up here right now. Okay, so at 2.54 a.m., I get a call from Lithuania. Oh. 2.54, I get another call from Lithuania. Uh-huh. Then at 3.50 a.m., I get a call from oh. Senegal. Then at 3.57 a.m., I get a call from Slovenia. <laughs> and then at 4.01 a.m., I get a call from Moldova. <laughs> so they don't even try and fake it anymore. They're just coming from everywhere. Wow. Yeah. I have a friend who went through and basically she came at it from the other direction. Um, she turned off the ringer for everyone who isn't tagged a specific way. Like she went to her iPhone and set a specific ring just for people she tags. For everyone right. else, the phone doesn't even doesn't make a peep because right. it's just not worth it. And I think for this, if Apple comes out with an ability to say that, to say the phone will not make a peep unless it's verified, well then okay, maybe we ha- maybe we're on to something. But yeah. you know, why not why, why not just have the calls not come through? Why why can't they block this upstream? Like spam think about spam is something that we've pretty much fixed, right? Spam is a solved problem. Very little plain old, you know, buy some Viagra spam makes it into your inbox. Yep. Right? So this seems like a, a solvable problem. I think because there's still money involved. Yeah. 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 Well there's no the, money involved in spam really. Um and the uh, FCC you know, but, is uh slow on the draw these days mm-hmm. yeah go see the like two john olivers ago with his <laughs> right his, his episode right yeah absolutely yeah. yeah yeah so i just thought it was funny that it was called shaken and stirred yeah <laughs> tie that in together yeah well uh a big story this week was once again our good friends at facebook <laughs> are back in the news <laughs> uh and once again it's not good news for facebook uh turns out that facebook was storing hundreds of millions of user passwords in plain text accessible to over 20,000 of their employees. <sighs> um, you know, I was talking with Joe Kerrigan about this earlier today and just, just, you know, how is this possible? If you're going through proper hashing and tagging or hashing and salting of your passwords as, as they come in, you know, they should not be accessible this way. They nope. shouldn't, you shouldn't be yeah. able to log them this way. That's the that's the real rub with this, isn't it? It's mm-hmm. like, oh, because when whenever I ran a password management system, when the password would come in immediately, it was salted and hashed and yep. went into the into the database as the that value. Standard I practice never, 101. Yep. Never, ever kept a clear text version of the password. Right. Yet they're worth so, billions of dollars and we're doing a podcast. <laughs> true. True that. Well, and, but I can sleep at night. <laughs> but Facebook says in their response to this, they say there was no security breach. And to me, the fact that's that kind of were, not the point. Well, but to me, the fact that they were storing your passwords in the clear is the security breach. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yes. It's like who thought it was a good idea to save people's clear text passwords for millions and millions of people, right. hundreds <laughs> of millions of people. What's the legitimate use of that going back to 2012? Yeah, seriously. I mean, that is in 2012, by the by the time 2012 rolled around, there's no way anybody should have been saving clear text passwords in any way, shape or form. Yet these guys were doing it. Like on an industrial scale, 
<laughs> that shows a severe lack of leadership in the technology division. Yeah. And since it's Facebook, they're all technology. So who was the guy that was running that department that said, let's do this? So this comes back to Zuck. He wants to take all the blame for things. It, it you know, the buck stops with him because this is just junior level bullshit. I mean, seriously. <laughs> yeah. And it won't matter. That's that's my take on it as well. So, uh, you know, they they're saying that they're going to notify people and you probably shouldn't have to change your passwords. But folks, change your passwords. Right? Just do it. Just it's do easy. It. No it's a password manager. Yep. Change it. Yeah, yep. no reason not to. But yeah, this is just Bush League stuff. There's there's just no excuse for this. It's just it's absurd. It's it's mm -hmm. a, am I right, guys? It's absurd. Oh, yeah, yeah it yeah. is. It's it's as absurd as everything else that they've been doing. But this is like so basic level, like back when he first set up the Facebook, he should should have had this running like it's ridiculous. I don't know how this could have possibly possibly happened it's insane mm -hmm. it, it's no, just... even before the facebook came out when he was a <laughs> snot-nosed kid in his dorm room you know rating women you and i brian had had, had already been writing code i've been building password managers yes. yes it's like we knew this from the fucking get this is mm -hmm. unexcusable in my book for yep. any engineer to have saved somebody's clear text password is inexcusable you should never see that right. that is part of your job as a shepherd of someone's data you should never know what they typed in period yeah. you have your you have your filters that it goes through to meet your minimum password standards for what comes in from the field mm -hmm. that's it if it doesn't meet those standards then they get an error kicks back and they have to yep. retype it and then once they meet the minimum standards for your password scheme then it is encrypted and it is stored in encrypted form no yep. this is just <laughs> i mean like seriously before the year 2000, I was doing this. Mm -hmm. It's incredible. I mean, granted, back in the day, we were doing MD5, which is yeah. laughable nowadays. But that's the, that was the state of the art that we had. And then we, as the years went on, we we fixed it. But, yeah. Yeah. you know, it's still, like, unbelievable. And even, there was even a time where I had MD5 passwords for one website. And then we moved to SHA-1 and, like, you know, kind of up the game. So what we did was... When somebody would log in, we would compare it to the MD5. If there was no SHA-1 password, we would take the, the input that they put in, compare it to the MD5 to see if they logged in properly. Then we would re-encrypt it with SHA-1, save the SHA-1 value, delete the MD5, and flag that they have logged in with the new password, like that their re records had been changed. Hmm. Right. So the next time they came in, we just compared it with the shell one mm -hmm. see that sounds like a responsible reasonable way to do things um yeah and exactly <laughs> and we're the poor people <laughs> fucking assholes <laughs> yeah you know, like dave said it's per it's bush league it's bush league error it's yep. insane yeah uh fresh talent i believe is the the yes, term now talent. too <laughs> it's fresh talent <laughs> and finally we got a bit of feedback that I felt I needed to share here. Uh, Mark writes in, a couple of months ago, I asked you two in Bittner if you could spoof Apple's Face ID. Your collective answer was no. I just picked up an iPhone X the other day and set up Face ID. I am happy to say if you do so much as cover your mouth when you look at the phone, the Face ID will not unlock the phone. The reverse is true. If you get scanned with your hand covering a portion of your face, your uncovered face will not unlock your phone. The security application for this is because someone, say the police, cannot unlock your phone just by pointing it at you. You have to add your hand in the proper manner, only you know how to unlock it. You got one wrong, guys. Did we? Is that technically spoofing? I don't think that we did. That's not spoofing. That's not spoofing. <laughs> yeah. 
I didn't go back and listen to the episode, but this is his recollection does not align with mine. So what do you guys remember? I, I remember talking about this. I remember actually saying that if you want to have more security, more do this. Put yes. your hand over your face. I think this is a, a, a was a false memory okay. <laughs> on, on Mark's part, because I was like, you know, you could put a gang sign over your face and that's that's your unlock code. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I don't, uh, maybe we don't agree on what spoof means. Well, and since none of us <laughs> took the effort to go back and listen to the original no, show. No, of course not. <laughs> but we have com slash Patreon if you want us to go back yeah, and listen. We have absolute confidence in our own recollections. Uh, that we were right. <laughs> that we were right. But more importantly, Mark was wrong. Uh, yes. <laughs> no, I, I am happy to be wrong uh, when I am wrong, but I, I honestly don't remember this the same way that Mark did. So I'm sure uh, maybe Mark will go back and point to the exact episode and timestamp where we said what we said. But I, I would agree with what yeah. Mark what, what Mark's describing here is how I would expect it to work. Yes. Yeah. And I, so. I think I'm pretty sure we said that. Yeah. Well, if, if we yeah. didn't, we thought happy it. To, so that's we'll good enough. Be happy to mea culpa <laughs> if we're actually wrong, but uh, we don't believe we were. Maybe we did a bad job <laughs> explaining it, but uh, mm -hmm. who knows? Who knows? But thank you, Mark, for bring, yes, writing it you. and bringing it to our attention. All right. Well, Dave, thank you for joining us on our sixth year anniversary show. It's been a blast having you with us. Oh, yes. Congratulations. How many years yes. has it been for me? Coming up on three? I believe so, yeah. So I'm not going to go back and look. Yeah. <laughs> Mark two. can go back and look for us. While <laughs> Mark exactly. to go back. Yes, Mark has been drafted to be our, uh, our librarian. Archivist. Yeah, our archivist. That's right. Congratulations, Mark. See what happens? <laughs> no, congratulations, guys. Wow, six years. Oh, thank that you. Is, uh, that is that is a it is something. Nothing. Yeah, I mean that, is, that ain't nothing to uh, sneeze at. That's that is dedication. All right. Yeah. Well, happy happy to be part of it and happy to uh, contribute when I can. All right. Well, you have a good weekend over there in Little America with your little mountains. I will. And, uh, I will go have a little barbecue and yeah. uh, have a good time. I will. I'll get my little house and my little car. <laughs> oh, there's my little dog. <laughs> that is not a little dog. I have no. It is dog. not. That is not a little dog. <laughs> that dog would wouldn't even fit in Maryland. No, no, no. It would stop it at the border. <laughs> Maryland would be a snack for little Bam Bam. That's right. That's right. All right, guys. Thanks. All right. Bye. <laughs> cool. That's a good segment. <laughs> Media Candy. I finally finished the last of the Netflix-era Marvel TV shows. Well, no, I guess we're getting one more Jessica Jones, right? That's right. It's coming okay, soon. Okay, so I'm not done, but I finished season two of The Punisher. We thoroughly enjoyed it. It was good, wasn't it? Yeah, I liked it. Yeah. I mean, it's ultra-violent insanity, but it's supposed to be. That's the character. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I enjoyed it a, a good deal. It was a slow start. Didn't care much for where the plot was going, but it got a lot better and uh, really enjoyed the end. And it was a nice wrap-up. Yeah, I didn't mind the slow start. I kind of enjoyed it. I really like thoroughly love The Punisher because, you know, historically, The Punisher is just one of those movies that they've tried over and over again and could just never land. And right. this guy, uh, I can't remember his name, but, you know, he used to be on The Walking Dead and they brought him in as, in as The Punisher. And he's just really damn good at it. He John was, Bernthal. John yeah. Bernthal. Yeah, he's I mean, I mm -hmm. loved him as the Punisher and he's just the, his portrayal of the character was just so good. And the, I, I like the story, too. I thought it was really good. I'm, I'm a fan. Excellent. 
And I've started watching a new show on Netflix. This one, of course, obviously courtesy of my wife called uh, Working Moms. <laughs> I figured your it's, wife had something to do with this one. It is uh, Catherine Reitman, which is Ivan Reitman's daughter, um, who is the main writer and star of the show. Um, she's a bit of an odd looking woman, which is, I actually have to give them credit for. She uh, basically owns up to that in the show itself. There are a couple okay. <laughs> lines about how her mouth is very wide and all this other stuff. It's weird. This is uh, this is Sex in the City for moms that have had kids. It's clever. It's very funny. You wouldn't get it if you're not uh, if you're not a parent and if you don't have a kid. There's no point in watching it. If you do, it is pretty damn funny and uh, pretty enjoyable. Yeah, my- and uh, it's all shot in Toronto, so I also get the added benefit of like, oh, I know that street. Oh, I've been to that restaurant. Oh, I know that place. <laughs> And it helps that uh, he, she is uh, Ivan Reitman's uh, offspring because uh, she's, she, could, you know, Dan Aykroyd is drafted in to play her dad. Oh <laughs> you no get, way! You kind of get the heavy, <laughs> you get the heavy hitters because of that. So, uh, but it is very clever and well written. Um, most of the episodes I've really enjoyed. There were a couple that were just like, okay, I'm a dude. This is not landing for me. But most of it fit really well, and I thought was really, really good. Well, very cool. I, my roommate and I watched the trailer and were like, no. Next. Yeah. <laughs> well, that does not apply to you guys. It does not apply. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Uh, I do have a big shout out to Farscape, who has just turned 20 years old. Mm-hmm. Man, it's been a long time. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, sadly, yes, Farscape was canceled in the fourth season, even though it was written for five. Kind of like Deadwood. Mm-hmm. Deadwood's coming back this year, though. I saw the trailer. Mm-hmm. Now that I have HBO now, they right. they're... <sighs> I pay for the damn service and before every show they run an HBO commercial. I'm like, I just gave you my fucking money. What more uh, do you Warner, want? Or Time Warner. Well, what is now Spectrum uh, runs commercials for Spectrum all the time. I know on their own on their own networks on their own. The Dodger channel is owned by Spectrum. They run Spectrum commercials. I have Spectrum. I gave you That's my how I'm watching this channel. Money. <laughs> <sighs> Sorry, I had to get that out. I think I may have had a coronary there. Moving on. Um, No, no, no. We're we're still going on Farscape here. So, yes. Um, And it's funny because I I found this article over at Space.com. They asked James Gunn, the director of Guardians of the Galaxy 1 and 2, who was kicked off for Guardians 3 and then finally reinstated for Guardians 3. He's back now. (laughs) And they asked him on Twitter if he'd ever seen Farscape since the, uh, the characters on Farscape resembled those of Guardians. And he replied that of all television shows, Farscape was the one that most influenced Guardians of the Galaxy. And Ben Browder, the lead for Farscape, was actually in Guardians 2. Uh, but the big news is that Farscape finally is now available on Amazon Prime Video if you live in the U.S., the U.K., Australia, and New Zealand. So awesome. if you don't live there, you can go get it on iTunes and you can just buy the DVDs. But... Uh, if you have never seen Farscape, it is still hands down, without a doubt, my favorite science fiction spacey television show ever. Even, I'm sorry, I hate to say it, people are going to give me grief about it, but I like it better than Star Trek. Nope. Yep. <laughs> Gotta say it. <laughs> Gotta say it. Uh, now, in just make me fucking smile news, there was, an, there was a YouTube video from the Hollywood Bowl with Bill and Ted. Yes. yes, they're back. Wild Stallions are back. Alex Winter <laughs> and Keanu Reeves have said that they are going to start filming soon, and this is going to be out summer 2020, and I am very, very excited. I'm excited, too, and I, they, they were great old movies. I, I love them, and I'm happy that they're going to come back and do it, but I mean, my God, Keanu Reeves has the Dick Clark disease. He has not aged. No, I mean... Alex Winter 
has aged. Yeah, Alex. Keanu? Is, no. Alex looks <laughs> a little rough, but here's the deal. Keanu has all the monies. Alex does not. Yes. Alex is a teacher and a professor yes. by trade. So so my theory, there are a few people out there, much like Keanu, like uh, there, Dick Clark is not uh, is not actually dead. He's in some sort of vacuum somewhere and <laughs> everybody goes and gets blood transfusions from him to, to continue to look as young as they do. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's crazy. <laughs> but and then, of course, right after that, we get the John Wick Chapter three trailer, which, again, Keanu Reeves is in his 50s and he's acting exactly like he did in the Matrix. He can still do this. He can do better Kung Fu than he did in the Matrix. <laughs> I am going to be Amazing. the first person in line the opening day for John Wick Chapter three, because I love this series so goddamn much. That I will be I there opening do. day. <laughs> Have you seen them? No, I have not. George, MXV, friend of the show, MXV still hasn't seen him either. You guys are idiots. They're, they're <laughs> fucking amazing. Oh. I'm not all that into the ultraviolence, man. You These are all ultraviolence. Just so. watch The Punisher. <laughs> I know, but that was rough. <laughs> oh, these are just I'm fucking amazing shows. I'm, I'm movies. Sorry, they're not shows, but uh, the John Wick series is the best. The all best. Right. Now let's move on to some other news. We've talked about Theranos on this show for a couple of years, and now poor Elizabeth Holmes is getting the the R. Kelly, Michael Jackson treatment now. So she's got her own documentary. Two of them, actually. Well, actually, three, if you count the podcast. <laughs> right. The first one actually was the Dropout podcast. I listened to that right. a couple hours long. Did you listen to that one? I did not. know. Okay. Then after that, uh, ABC came out with the Dropout on 2020, which was another two-hour documentary. You watch that? Right. No. Okay. After that, HBO came out with The Inventor, Out for Blood in Silicon Valley. Did you watch that one? Yes. Oh, okay. Hey, he's actually done some work. Uh, what did you think? <laughs> I, well, I figured I first off, I only needed to watch one nope, thing. Nope. Actually, um, you don't. You need well, all three to get the whole picture. I don't need the whole picture. Uh, <laughs> I we watched this with my wife, uh, and we had to stop and, and spread it out over two nights because we both got so sad at this being the state of the world now really <laughs> yeah oh. uh, how the fuck do these people keep getting money blatant lies nothing there nine billion dollar valuation for nothing an idea that she never did anything with and then lied and cheated and stole to pretend that she did now there's a lot of ways that you can slice and dice this. I think a lot of the money came from a lot of old guys who thought she was really cute. That's that's even more pathetic. It's really sad. Yes, it's really sad. See, again, sad. It made us sad. Now, when we first started this with I watched, started watching it with my roommate, she first saw the, the 2020 version and right. she was starting to watch. it. I'm like, save it. I want to watch it with you because this bitch is crazy. And then she's, yeah, she's just, cray cray. And she's just like, no, no, she just drank her own Kool-Aid. And then she got down the rabbit hole and she couldn't go back and she was trying to make it work. So she just went all in and all this. And then finally, after watching The Inventor, she's like, that bitch is cray cray. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, The Inventor, it's just the documentary footage. When you see her eyes, when oh my, you see the crazy. Well, you see it. And the voice, <laughs> the voice is just all made up. I'm just yeah. a robot. I yeah. think blood is great. No, the whole thing <laughs> is just a mess. But if you watch all three, you get a much bigger picture of all of it. And the right. fact that it lasted as long as it did. Uh, the fact that she's still not in jail is just mind boggling. And that the other guy that she was shacked up with for a while, just crazy. Just crazy. Yeah, it is. 
Um, it but it's and, and the funny thing, the one that you saw, the inventor, is the worst of the bunch. Mm-hmm. That's that's really. that's the least <laughs> decent of the documentaries. The podcast is the best, and the dropout actually on ABC brings in a few more things. Like they didn't cover the shy at day stuff on the podcast, unless I fell asleep for part of it because I tend to fall asleep when listening to podcasts. But uh, yeah, the funny thing is, you know, this whole self-made billionaire woman category is kind of kind of a shit show, <laughs> and except for Sarah Blakely. You know, the, the founder right. of Spanx, she's the, uh, yep. the kind of seems to be the only one worth a damn because you got Elizabeth Holmes, you got, you know, Kylie Jenner, both of which are just, you know, like, oh, not Elizabeth Holmes <laughs> lied to get her billions and she doesn't have them anymore because it was all lies. And Kylie Jenner had a bit of a head start. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Being yeah, born on third so. base doesn't mean you hit a triple. <laughs> nope. <laughs> you know, that's how that works. <laughs> OK, moving on. American Gods is back and it's going to get another season. So and another new showrunner. So it's interesting. (laughs) I watched the first two episodes last night just so I would be up for talking about it on the show today. And I I enjoyed them. You know, you got Al Swearingen in there as Odin. So I can't I I got to watch it. I totally got to watch it. But I I know this is straight up your alley. I never really got into the book. So the show's not for me. I've read the book a couple times and they're off script on the book now. So it's in different territory. But uh, I I enjoyed it. Like the first two, I thoroughly enjoyed. So I'm going to keep on with it. Now, in <laughs> podcast news, this this yes. rubbed me the wrong way. New podcast out <laughs> called Should This Exist by Wait What? Okay. Yes, this is uh, the host is Katerina Fake. Okay. Do you know who Katerina Fake is? No. She co-founded Flickr back in the day with okay. her then husband, uh, Stuart Butterfield. All right. I was friends with Stuart and Katarina up until the point where we fired one of our CEOs for JPEG magazine, Derek Powazic, who just turned out to be a kind of an asshole. And uh, his wife worked at Flickr instead of working at the company that we were working at to build based on something they did. And it's a long story. I'm just not going to go into it right now. <laughs> okay. But anyway, Katarina just rubs me the wrong way. But I, you know, she's a smart woman, very smart woman, mm-hmm. has, has had a lot of hits, a lot of hits. Mm-hmm. So now she has a new podcast called Should This Exist, where she talks about technologies and new startups and should these be brought into the world. Now, the problem I have with this is she stole <laughs> one of our fucking taglines because okay. <laughs> it's the question of our times. How is technology impacting our humanity? Should This Exist invites the creators of radical new technologies to set aside their business plan and think through the human side. What is the invention's greatest promise? And what could possibly go wrong? (laughs) Fuck you. Well, I don't think we trademarked that. We should have. Oh, we didn't have enough money back then. (laughs) Patreon.com slash GOG. Sounds like a good show. I mean, it sounds like uh, she could just basically listen to us for source materials. I, so. Yep, pretty much. I listened to yeah. uh, two of them and I fell asleep halfway through both of them. So I haven't gotten to the end. Uh, it's overproduced okay. and whoever's doing... It's NPR'd? Uh, no, it's, it's, it's even worse. It's, uh, <laughs> it's over-serialed because okay. she'll be talking and then just a basic background music bed will come in for no reason. <laughs> right. It has so many random background music beds that i just i'm like what what's the emotion you're trying to convey here with this music bed i can't do me a favor for, for this segment right here jason go ahead and put in the sound of like a diner i want to hear some clanking forks <laughs> and spoons because that's my favorite for npr when they do that it's like all of a sudden you're you're in a diner while they're still talking <laughs> i'll see what i can do but anyway yeah if you want to try it should this exist by wait what it's i mean i i 
think it was okay, except for the random music beds that were driving me crazy. The premise is good. The people that they have on are good. Her her dialogue is good, but I just kept falling asleep. So that doesn't really actually matter about my judgment of the show. I'm just pissed off she to- stole her tagline. But give it a, if you like our show, you might like it. It's She seems to have a good take on it. So I just need to get to the mm-hmm. end of an episode to see if she makes the right decision. That's all. Right. <laughs> and fi- uh, finally, uh, Moby's new album is out. Sort of. Sort of. Uh, if you are a subscriber, <laughs> I'm never going to hear it. Well, you can hear it in 30 days. <laughs> yes. Right. Uh, he really, he dropped his album on the calm meditation app. And uh, yeah. <laughs> hey man, you got to make money wherever you can. If they're going to throw you the ducats, I guess you take the ducats. Yeah. I don't have a problem with that. As long as it doesn't stay exclusive, which it won't, it'll be released. Yep. I love his ambient work going back to the s- stuff he was doing in the early nineties. I, l- I like most of his work anyways. I like his music in general, but his ambient stuff I've always really, really enjoyed. Yeah. The first album, long ambience, one calm sleep. I listen to mm-hmm. quite a bit when I'm working. So it yeah. keeps me calm. Just, <laughs> and, and if I want to sleep, then I just listen to the, uh, previous Katarina fake podcast but uh <laughs> long ambience 2 is out on, on if you have a paid calm subscription and uh check it out or wait 30 days ups and doodads we've got a lot of new stuff from apple this week in a very weird set of drops <laughs> yeah i noticed we, that yeah we got new ipads we got new airpods and we got new iMacs. yes wow crazy <laughs> And a new iPad mini. Yes, they finally updated the iPad mini. It's now just about as big as my phone. Yes. And uh, you can use the pencil on it. Are you going to pick one up? Uh, I don't know yet. I I don't really use mine for work per se. It's it's basically a reading device, so I'm kind of okay with it. Your old one? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. There you go then. <laughs> I thought you guys were doing a whole new iPad strategy. We were so. thinking about it, but uh, the kid isn't quite ready for one of his own yet, so there's no reason to like shift down and switch things over. Um, I think once we're ready to kind of give him his own iPad, which uh, is probably still at least a year or two off, uh, then we will uh, we will upgrade our policies. <laughs> yeah, he can just take your old one and then, well, actually, that old one probably is not going to be running very well on no. ios 13 no i have a feeling <laughs> it'll be uh we'll be purchasing three new ones at some point i tell you what man i have to say and i even i even shot this to you on slack the other day this new ipad pro 12 inch is so damn nice right just everything about it the face id is so fast mm-hmm. it just you don't have to do anything i do miss the button at the bottom though <laughs> i'm still getting my muscle memory after all of the years of having the the home button is gone right. so it's like i'm trying to relearn everything but Everything about it is just so beautiful. It's so light and so fast. I I just can't say enough nice things about this thing. And the the new pencil that, you know, magnetically attaches to the side to charge is so much nicer than having to plug it in the bottom. Right. I, I always felt like I was given a rectal exam to my iPad when I had to plug the pencil. Of course in. you did. <laughs> and then you have to not lose the cap. That was right. the other problem. It's like you put the cap somewhere and you hope you remember where it is and the dog doesn't eat it and things like that. But uh, the new iPad or the AirPods yes. looks decent. Uh, they've yeah. got some new new Siri stuff that I will never use because I will never use Siri with my AirPods. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what the big big no up reason is for on me those. to upgrade there because I don't use Siri either. And uh, you know, curiously, one thing they didn't bother upgrading was sound quality. That is the one thing I would like them to increase, but I know nobody else cares. So yeah, <laughs> that would that would have been nice. I mean, the the longer battery life is good because I do I. 
I, I don't know if you ever have to do this. You do the shuffle. Like, you know, you're into a call for an hour and then it starts beeping at you that they're dying. So you take one out, put it in the charger and then like wait five <laughs> minutes and then you put it back in and then you take the other one out and put it in the charger. Have you done that? No, oh. I just, uh, I don't, I don't actually do a lot of conference calls these days, so I'm not oh, on my okay. phone that much. Yeah. But I can see how that would be really annoying. <laughs> I, d- I do this every week. We have a production call for the Jordan Harbinger show and Jordan and I both at the same time have to start doing the shuffle. <laughs> So it's it's pretty funny. All right. Well, in related Apple news, I ordered something new. The Rokini compatible with Apple Watch Band 44mm, 40mm Series 4, 42mm, 38mm Series 3 slash 2 slash 1 Strong Magnetic Closure Leather Loop Replacement Starp, because they spelled that wrong, <laughs> compatible for iWatch. And it's basically a leather band with a magnet that closes it that replaces the crappy plastic band that I got with my original watch. And I, I just started to notice like, so many people have the the watch now and everybody just has, has the same strap. So I was like, I want something a little different, a little nicer. Plus, it finally forced me to change the orientation on my watch. Oh, good. Good. Which you- I have done and now love and don't I haven't triggered Siri once. So it's fantastic. It's so much nicer with it with is so much the, nicer this way. Yeah. It should be the default. I don't understand why it isn't. <laughs> it's easier to it's easier to hit with your thumb. Like mm-hmm. when you want to hit the the crown, like just having the crown on the left because I carried out. I, I have it on my left mm-hmm. arm. So yep. yeah, the crown's at the bottom left now, and I've had that for so long now. It's just I even from the the last generation. I'm still on Gen three. I yep. don't. I'm not going to get a Gen four. I'll probably get a Gen five. But uh, the thing about it is, uh, I got the actual Apple leather band right. at one point, and I love it. So yeah, the the reviews on this say it's basically the same. It's not quite as high quality, but it's only nineteen dollars. <laughs> yeah, mine was fifty bucks <laughs> exactly. But it's it, but it is high quality and. Um, I just, I don't know. I was just sick of the plastic and the plastic one pinched my hair so much that right. I just had to get something leather and I just wanted a better looking strap. Yeah, that, that was me too. I finally got sick of just that. St- I was like, what am I like back in, back in like junior high school with my uh, Casio watch. calculator watch? <laughs> oh, your Casio watch. Yeah. The dual so, shock. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the oldie dual shock. And I picked up a new keyboard for my PC this week because I've been using an old Mac keyboard on my PC, which is always just a pain in the ass. Yes. And I've talked about <laughs> gaming keyboards and things like that, but I found this Acer keyboard that was like on sale for half off. Right. And I was just like, okay. So I got the Acer PKB 810 Predator Atheon 500 RGB Mechanical Cowl Blue Switch Gaming Keyboard with 100% anti-ghosting all-key rollover. Okay. Most of that, I have no idea what it does. Nope. So I got this thing and I pull it. it I, I, ugly. Oh, it's it's ugly as sin. It's a gaming <laughs> keyboard. It's supposed to be. Here's the thing about it, though. It is heavy as hell. <laughs> I pulled this thing out and I'm just like, wait a minute. This is a keyboard. Uh, item weight, 3.2 pounds. Wow. For a keyboard. Keyboards mm-hmm. are usually like a couple ounces, you know? <laughs> <laughs> like I for my iMac here, I've got the wireless uh, extended keyboard with the number pad on it. Me too. And it weighs like nothing, nothing. <laughs> and this thing I like I'm like I showed it to my roommate. I'm like, just hold your hand out. Hold this thing. And she's just like almost dropped it. She's like, what the hell? It's a clicky keyboard. It makes a ton of noise. So I can't use it while I'm podcasting, but it is satisfyingly good to type on. I got to say, it is really nice. Just fully mechanical, like click, 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 click. And oh, hang on. You know what? Let's do a demo. Come here, you ugly piece of shit. Yep, that's loud. Won't be using that during the podcast. 
Well, well, you can do NPR style one. sound effects. <laughs> yeah, I can. I, I, I don't know if it'd make the sound of a diner, but it does do. The <laughs> We're in a busy office now. Yeah, it's usually one hundred and thirty-seven dollars, which wow. is a lot for a keyboard. Yeah, I think I got it for like sixty-five. But it's got ten so. lighting effects, Jason. It does have lighting effects, which I, I do like backlit keyboards. But the problem is the actual letters don't really light up that much. Right. But. Uh, for me, what I needed it for, it fits the bill. Right. So I'm I'm happy with my purchase, and I finally have a keyboard just for my PC, which my PC is ugly as sin, too, if you remember. You know, like, like I said, it looks like Tron's taint. Yes, yes, it does. <laughs> it's a perfect match for your PC. It is. It is. Let's just keep let's just keep it going. Um, <laughs> and going, going back to some more apps, I did uninstall GetFact. Uh-huh. I just could not get past some of them, and I'm just like, you know what? I'm not going to spend money to get the hints and I'm not, I don't want to Google it because then I just feel like, why bother? I don't know. I like it. I've Googled a couple of them just to get past them because I like all the facts and well, we'll get to this shortly. Uh, I've removed almost everything else that's a distraction on my phone. So this is my one, one my one vice that I'm keeping when I'm in the crapper and I need something to do. Yeah. Well, when I'm in the crapper, I play Clash Royale and, and yes. play with our fans. So that's, that's my crapper time. I did, and, and the funny part is, you uninstalled your recipe app, and yes. I just installed a recipe app. Okay. Uh, the New York Times cooking app. Mm-hmm. I signed up for their weekly uh, recipe newsletter. Yeah. And I love it. I've cooked a couple things from it so far, and they're amazing. Mm-hmm. I did this three cheese cauliflower casserole the other day with Gruyere and Fontaine uh, cheese. That was so amazing. Oh God, it was so amazing. I need to put the I need to put some froofy music behind here too. <laughs> diner. You need diner sounds. <laughs> <laughs> I know. All the there's like eighteen thousand recipes in there, and I've already bookmarked like twenty of them. I'm trying a new right. one tonight. I'm doing a uh pasta, like a baked pasta with mozzarella, spinach, mm-hmm. artichoke hearts, and uh parmesan. It's gonna be amazing. I just if it's got cheese and heavy cream in it, I think I just need to search for heavy cream and then I'm Pretty in. Much, yeah. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. <laughs> so uh it's a great app. It's beautiful and it lets you bookmark and you can, you know, send yourself the grocery lists. So I just text mm-hmm. them to myself. And nice. then when I'm at the store, I just pull up the text message with everything that I need to get and boom, Bob's your uncle. There but you go. it's free. It's free. So I dig it. Nice. At the library. So, as mentioned, I finished Digital Minimalism by Cal Newport, and it has made a significant change in my life. I've talked about most of it already. 99% of it has just involved me digitally decluttering, um, getting rid of accounts and apps and social media things that I don't use anymore. Um, They're all gone for the most part. Uh, I've put uh, Facebook and uh, Instagram, which I have kept on my phone because I unfortunately need to for work stuff for us. And, um, so, but I put them in a folder and, uh, hid them away and I've turned off notifications. I use my phone so much less and I'm so much happier and I don't miss most of the things that I've gotten rid of. Um, it's a, you know, there's, there's that learning curve. There's, you train yourself, right? It's like quitting smoking. Um, you know, you're used to looking at your phone all the time and, and training yourself to stop doing that is good. Uh, you know, I miss some aspect I've, I've way cut down on social media use. I hardly ever post anymore. And I do miss some of the interactions I had with people, but I'm finding myself attempting to reach out to them more you know, texting or, or other versions of communication. I'm not going to do what he says to do because I can't do it. If I'm going to continue this podcast, it's not possible. Um, but I get what he's saying uh, about doing a full detox for 30 days. I think a lot of people should try that. 
I'm able to kind of roll it all back myself and and kind of I think that discipline that let me run a company for 20 years uh, working from home is helpful here. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's a great read. I highly recommend it. Um, it's definitely changed. Uh, it pushed me to the edge of making changes that I knew I should have anyways, and I'm doing it now, which is great. And I have a lot more free time. <laughs> it's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. Like I have so much more free time. I'm able to do a lot more reading. I'm able to take, I'm taking on, like you said, uh, one of his main suggestions is use your free time doing something real and physical. And I'm always been a firm believer in that and always tried to, you know, always have some sort of household project that I'm working on. I'm doing that a lot more. I'm cooking bigger meals rather than rushing and doing cheaper, quicker things. I'm trying to be physical and present more often in my life. And it's definitely increased my happiness. See, living is what yes. it is. You're, you're actually back to living like we used to do back in mm-hmm. the old days. Exactly. And I, I'm even finding myself not sitting in front of my laptop like I used to because it was just trained like I should be sitting here because this is what work is. Well, no, not necessarily. So, yeah, that's the thing. It's like we lived on our laptops and our computers for so many years, decades. Mm-hmm. So getting back to just like living is yeah. good. And we just had AJ Jacobs on the Jordan Harbinger show. And one of the questions Jordan asked him was, what have you taken away from your year of living biblically book that you have kept? after you did the project. And the one Mm -hmm. thing he did say was the Sabbath. I now have the Sabbath to, because he's, he's an atheist. He doesn't, you know, actually go in for the religion thing. Neither do I. I'm an atheist. Uh, So he has decided to say like, look, there's one day a week that I do not do the computer period. Right now. I cannot not do the computer because (laughs) on my days off, I do like to watch Netflix. So can't not do that. But, and I need to write, but I am taking a, a, page out of my jewish friends playbook i don't know if you have a lot of jewish friends you live in los angeles so i bet you do do. (laughs) i bet you do quite a few yes and shabbat shalom is something that you generally say on fridays to all your jewish friends and so i am not doing the 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 traditional sunday sabbath like aj does i am i am basically making a digital shabbat right so from friday afternoon to what's going to functionally be Sunday morning because by the time Shabbat ends on Saturday, I'm usually in bed. So right. uh, no social media, no email, no Slack, none of it gone. I can write, I can use my computer to write or record or do whatever, but most of it is going to be back to physical activities, doing stuff around the studio, painting or getting things ready that they need to be hanging lights and all that stuff or cooking or just yep. going out with the dogs, going to the park, flying my drone, mm-hmm. things like that. So that is that's starting tonight at five o'clock. <laughs> so I'm I'm very much looking forward to it, and I just need the time because I got so much to do on this course. It's just like I'd rather just sit down and write and not look at email. But if I if I stick to this, then I think this can be a thing. It's just like okay, everybody knows five o'clock on Friday. Stop emailing. If you need me, you can call me. If there is an emergency, you know, like normal folks can do but mm-hmm. i will not be checking my email and i will not be checking social media for you know 36 hours fine by me looking forward awesome. to it and cool. i did find a great app that i told my friends about it's called shabbat times <laughs> so if you are a uh, a person of the jewish persuasion and you're traveling and you need to find out when shabbat starts and ends you know it starts with the candle lighting time and then when it ends the the next day it's just it's shabbat times it's a free app and i i just <laughs> I threw it in there for the, the the lulls, but I do have it on my phone. And but I'm I'm starting at 5 p.m. every Friday just to make it easy for everyone. Excellent. Closing shout. 
A uh, big shout out to Dave Bittner, who's joined us for the last, well, we're waiting for Mark to tell us, but I'd say three years or so, uh, and bringing his great dynamic to our security segment and a shout out to all of our listeners over the past six years. Um, it's been a, it's been a run and thank you for listening. It's been fun. We're going to keep going until, yep. until the wheels, until the wheels fall off. <laughs> Uh, who was that first one that we one of our first uh, Beach Mama? Remember Beach her? Mama. Shout out to Beach Mama. Shout out to Beach Mama, our first fan, and we were just <laughs> shocked that it was a woman, yeah. and she was uh, she was a good fan for a long time. She she left for a while, but came back. But I think she's long gone now. I think, I think we've so I think we've offended her beyond <laughs> the limits of credulity, as it were. So, yes, thanks, everybody. It's been a blast. And until next time, I'm Jason DeFilippo. And I'm Brian Schillmeister. Thanks for listening to Grumpy Old Geeks. To support the show and keep us on the air, go to patreon.com slash GOG. Toss us a buck a month and we'll love you forever. If you'd like to give a one-time or recurring donation, go to GOG.show and click the PayPal button in the sidebar. Show notes for this episode are at GOG.show slash 330. There you can find links to old episodes, leave feedback, ask questions, and get links to stuff we like. Stay grumpy. Be excellent to each other and party on dudes <laughs> 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 <laughs>